eco-friendly living. For a lot of people out there, it can seem like a daunting task, one with so many options and paths that you actually end up feeling overwhelmed and confused rather than inspired and ready to take action. It's hard enough living life today without adding another thing to your plate. That's why I'm here to help. I'm here to pull you out of the societal norms of materialism and overconsumption. I talk about sustainable living, but also things like motherhood, mindfulness, and intentional living. Things that overall help you live a happier, simpler, more eco-friendly life by making small changes in your habits, your mindset, and your home. This is Kayla Rogers, and you are listening to the Unrooted Mama Podcast. Hey guys, thank you so much for joining me in another episode today. I hope that wherever you're listening to this, you are off to a great start to 2023 in the new year. Um, Or if you're listening to this like months afterwards, that's cool too. I hope that you're having a good week wherever you are in life. I know for me personally, there's something like so magical about the new year. And I know that that's annoying to a lot of people. Like it's like, oh, it's just a day on the calendar. But I have felt super refreshed since 2023 started. I feel like it gave me a mindset shift that I really needed. Um, And I just feel really hopeful for everything that's to come. So I hope that wherever you are listening, you feel the same way and you just feel like hopeful and positive when it comes to the future. Speaking of the future though, this week I want to talk about something that happened a couple months ago, the COP27 agreement. About a year ago, I actually did a couple episodes on the COP26 agreement So if you're curious on that and how the climate talks went last year, then definitely go check out those episodes. But this year, we're going to be talking about the UN climate talks that took place in Egypt. Now, I'm not like an expert on any of this, um, but I do find all of this very interesting and extremely important. So I like to come on here and talk about these climate talks with you guys and kind of just break it down for you and tell you the main points of the talk or like any big breakthroughs that happened. I feel like in general, big world leaders coming together to talk about climate change is a great step forward when it comes to sustainable living. Um, So I just feel like it's good to get the word out. And in case like anybody listening hasn't really heard of the COP27 agreement or the things that were discussed during it, I thought that it would be cool to kind of just go over it. So yeah. If you don't really know what the like COP27 is, so COP stands for the Conference of the Parties, and it's pretty much just a climate change summit where a lot of different world leaders come together from countries all over the world. This year, well, technically last year because it was the 2022 Conference of the Parties, but representatives from almost 200 countries, including more than 100 heads of state, joined business leaders, religious figures, local officials, climate advocates, and climate change experts for the events and negotiations. So it's pretty much like panels. They have different meetings and talks and discussions. And the whole goal of it is to strengthen the response to the climate change crisis. So these climate summits actually started back in 1995, but they were a lot smaller and they mostly focused on mitigation, which back then it was just like getting the different countries to try to reduce their greenhouse gas emissions. 
Um, but now, you know, obviously that we know a lot more about climate change and it's kind of advanced to the point that it does now. And our technologies have advanced to the point where we can kind of see what else will happen in the future if we don't make changes when it comes to climate change. They're a lot bigger, a lot more in-depth, and countries have a lot more to talk about and to consider. And really what everybody hopes will come from these COP agreements is that like at the end of the day, there are a lot of vulnerable nations that do not produce a lot of greenhouse gas emissions, yet they are the ones experiencing all of the impacts of climate change. The United States, China, Russia, and members of the European Union have together emitted about 63% of the carbon pollution in the atmosphere. Um, so as you can see, like the top the big countries are responsible for a lot of climate change, unfortunately. And we're not the ones that are experiencing all of the negative side effects. Of course, if you look closely, we definitely can see impacts. Like right now, I live in the United States. There have been heat waves and droughts and wildfires and a lot more natural disasters. All of these things a lot of people don't realize are directly like contributed to climate change. Um, and, you know, global warming in general. So, you know, I feel like these countries that emit the fossil fuels or the majority of the fossil fuels are starting to see like their weather change and people are like, what's going on, you know? But in terms of like the people that are actually displaced and a lot of like lives lost and just in general, the countries that are the most negatively impacted by climate change are the ones that are not producing the majority of the carbon pollution into the atmosphere. So that's a big driving factor behind these climate summits is how to help these vulnerable countries, but also just the world in general. So there are four main themes that the COP agreements focus on, and that's mitigation, adaptation, finance, and collaboration. So I could go through each one and tell you like every single little thing that was brought up and every like thing that was talked about in the text that came from COP27, but I decided to just kind of give you the breakthrough details and then I'll leave a link in my description box. That way, if you want to go learn more and read up on like the full text and everything that was agreed upon, you can definitely go do that. Um, but the biggest breakthrough of COP27 was a deal called the Loss and Damage Fund. And this is a deal that was finally agreed upon. Um, it's something that grassroots movements and vulnerable countries have been fighting for for years and years. And the idea was actually proposed in COP27 by Pakistan, which is a country that has unfortunately seen the horrific impacts of climate change way up close and personal. Um, the goal was heavily opposed by wealthy nations, which, you know, isn't surprising. It's disappointing, but, you know, not surprising. But there was a lot of pressure from nonprofits and it was getting media attention and pressure from the developing countries as well. And then there was a reversal by the European Union. So that ended up bringing the U.S. on board and kind of just like closing the deal on this loss and damage fund, which is amazing. It's a huge step forward. 
Because not only could it be the relief that the vulnerable communities need after like natural disasters and the impacts of climate change that it's just too late to adapt to, but it also shows that the world is finally starting to accept the fact that we are currently in a climate crisis, right? Like when a lot of people talk about climate change and how it's going to negatively impact the world, people are thinking like way in advance, like, oh, you know, I don't have to worry about this for another 50 years or something. A lot of people don't realize that it already is impacting people all over the globe. So this deal happening is kind of like the leaders kind of accepting that, you know, the climate crisis is here and putting at least one positive step forward. However, the work does not end there. You know, now it's kind of a test to see if it actually comes through and works and if the funds come through and if the countries actually, you know, do what they agreed upon. Um, But it's still a huge breakthrough. It's a really good piece of news that came out of COP27. So moving on, I know in COP26, if you did listen to that episode or you did follow along with the progress made by COP26, they had started to make some headway when it came to fossil fuels, Um, at least like opening that can of worms and discussing it and putting it on the table and kind of putting it in text that hopefully next year we'll get to this fossil fuel situation and we'll kind of see what happens. So there was a lot of hope that there would be some hard agreements made when it came to fossil fuels in COP27. But unfortunately, um, absolutely nothing happened in terms of that. Um, In fact, the text from COP27 is even more like vague and weak when it comes to fossil fuel phase outs than in the years like previously, all of the other like summits that have happened. So, you know, this is something that we will probably unfortunately start seeing the impacts of because we know if we don't start cutting back on fossil fuel emissions, stuff's just going to keep escalating and getting worse and worse in terms of climate change. So it really does, like, this was a big low blow. It sucks that, like, absolutely nothing happened in terms of fossil fuels. Um, And something that really sucks about this is that there were a lot of people that were hoping for fossil fuel talks and a lot of proposals that was put that were like put in. But in the final hours of the negotiations, the hopes to phase down on fossil fuels were completely thrown out, mostly caused um, by a coalition of fossil fuels producing countries led by China and Saudi Arabia. Um, So like any proposals that were put in and that people were hoping to talk about when it came to phasing down on these fossil fuels were just completely thrown out and nixed. So it's one of those things where like, again, we'll say hopefully next year, maybe next year. Um, But we know that like a lot of the world is run on fossil fuels and a lot of world leaders, you know, have the fossil fuel market in their back pocket and are getting funding from that. So it's kind of, it's very like discouraging to see that no headway was made when it comes to this, but I'm trying to remain hopeful and optimistic and Hopefully COP28 is the year that something positive finally happens when it comes to trying to phase out of fossil fuels. 
Another kind of just weird point that I read about COP27, um, apparently there were 110 world leaders that showed up. Only seven of them were women out of the 110 world leaders. So that's something that kind of got a lot of media attention and that a lot of people are just scratching their heads about, you know? Um, I don't really like know what it means. I don't have any hard opinions on that, but I definitely don't feel good about the fact that like 90 something percent of the people there were men and then like almost nothing happens, you know? So a lot of people think that if there were more women involved and more women were given the opportunity to go and talk that maybe like harder agreements would have been made, you know, and maybe more headway would have been made. Obviously, that's all like speculation, but just kind of like a little weird side note from um, COP27. So in terms of adaptation funding, countries did pledge an additional $230 million for adaptation this year. Um, Unfortunately, a lot of people think that that is nowhere near what's actually needed in order to make a difference. It's at least a step in the right direction, you know, like they did pledge the money, um, but there's a lot of... I guess, talk about how pledges have been made in the past and then countries don't hold up their end of the bargains. So it's kind of just like empty promises that end up never coming through. So hopefully that's not what this is again. But, you know, again, an additional $230 million for adaptation is a step in the right direction. And again, kind of just one of those crossing your fingers and hoping that it actually does go through and make a difference. The last point that I want to touch on from COP27 is the point of carbon markets. So it's something that was discussed at length in COP26. Um, Countries actually established rules for a new carbon market that would permit carbon trading kind of under the 2015 Paris Climate Agreement. So they had kind of, they made the agreement in COP26, and then it was like, okay, cool, we'll talk more about this next year. So it was something that a lot of people hope to be discussed a lot at COP27, and it just did not really happen. Um, So carbon markets if you know anything about them, they've been heavily criticized for allowing wealthy nations to get away with pollution and not actually doing a lot in terms of removing greenhouse gases like emissions and removing those greenhouse gas emissions from the atmosphere. So the countries were supposed to kind of work out those details this year and kind of figure out how to make the carbon markets more successful and, you know, to the point where wealthy countries can't just get away with pumping out all of these emissions just because they have the money to do so. Um, But again, like they kind of ended up running out of time and did not get very far when it came to talking about these carbon markets. So those, that's pretty much it, unfortunately. Um, Again, it's really, really cool that the loss and damage fund was agreed upon. But that was really the only big breakthrough when it came to the COP27 agreement, Um, which is a little bit disappointing, again, because we hope to hear more about the carbon markets thing, and we hoped to get some like concrete answers and a really good plan for fossil fuel phase-outs. 
especially after the IPCC reports came out last year, I really expected um, world leaders to kind of take that into consideration because, you know, I also did a couple episodes about that, about the IPCC report. So definitely go check that out if it's not something that you've heard of before. But that was pretty much a like panel. It's an international panel on climate change where a ton of scientists come together to compile data about climate change and, you know, possible outcomes, adaptation methods, big recommendations for countries. Um, And it pretty much was like, hey, guys, we need to cut back on fossil fuels immediately and extremely, you know, like obviously it called for drastic change because that's what's needed. So I know myself and a lot of other people were really hoping that the COP27 would take all of that into consideration and end up making like really big strides against fossil fuels and at least like new fossil fuel expansions just due to all of the data that came out with the IPCC report. Um, But unfortunately, that didn't happen. So this is another year where we're kind of just, you know, it is what it is. Thankful, at least again, for the loss and damage fund that was agreed upon and hopeful that next year's panel goes even better. So yeah, those were the main takeaways of the COP27. I hope that this episode, I guess, just kind of like helped to give you a little bit of insight into what happened and what was agreed upon. Um, And yeah, I hope that it just informed you. Again, I know that these things can be very stressful. So if you're experiencing any sort of like eco-anxiety or eco-doomism and this episode made it worse, just like take a deep breath with me. I know that these things can be really stressful um, if you're already worried about the earth and the environment, but just try to take a deep breath and relax yourself and try not to let it stress you out. Again, um, there was at least a few little steps that were made in COP27. And like I always say in this podcast, even the small steps end up adding up. So let's hope that next year it's even more steps and the year after that they do more and more steps and it will all lead to something beautiful and actually healthy for the earth. So I, again, have big hopes for next year and I hope that you do too. And I hope that this just gave you a better understanding of the COP talks and what happened in COP27. If you liked this episode, it would mean so much to me if you went on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're currently listening and just gave it a review if you rated my podcast. Um, Those mean a lot to small podcasters like myself because that's what really helps get the podcast out there helps it like rank higher. That way other people can see the message that I'm trying to get out and hear more about the world of sustainability. So if you have time and you could leave a quick review or just do a rating really fast, it would mean the world to me. Make sure to check out my website at www.unrootedmama.com if you are interested in living a more eco-friendly and mindful life. I have different, like not only podcast episodes on there, but also blogs and resources that can help you live a not only more eco-friendly, but also just like a more mindful and simple and happy life. Thank you so much for tuning into another episode with me and until next time.